0: morning. Welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm happy that you have joined our program for today. Uh, if you have missed any of our, our recent programs, you can find those by going to our website at www.marshillcoc.org marshillcoc.org and we have all of those lessons uh stored there for you to listen to uh there are links for you to listen to this as a podcast as well and we would encourage you to take advantage of of whatever would would help you in regard uh, to the program and and to making it a, a better experience for you um, I also encourage you to contact me during the program if you are listening live between 11 and 1130 uh, on Tuesdays. And if you're able to do that, uh, you can email me. You can send us a message through that same website, and uh, I can receive those and and uh, can interject thoughts. I'm always happy to have any kind of thoughts that you may have uh, to to send. I'd love to hear from you, and so I encourage you to contact us. Uh, the best way of being through the website. Uh, you can also email me directly at bkweb bkwebb five one nine at gmail dot com bkweb five one nine at gmail We have been studying underdogs of the Bible, and today. We will continue that study. Uh, Basically, we are looking at unlikely heroes. There are are many people throughout Scripture that we might refer to as unlikely heroes. Maybe from their beginning or or from the way that they have lived their life to becoming a Christian, to following God, to doing His will. Uh, We have many examples not just in the New Testament, but also in the Old Testament. And thus far, our concentration has been on those of the Old Testament. And today we continue those thoughts. We are looking today at Esther, an unlikely hero of sorts, uh, in the right place at the right time, not by coincidence, is my theory. And I'm sure it is yours as well. The book of Esther is very interesting. Uh, One of the the great things in uh, noting, uh, great things of note in the book of Esther is that the name God is never mentioned. And yet we see God's providence throughout the book. And so it becomes a great example for us in that regard. We also do not know the author of the book. It has been suggested that maybe Mordecai wrote the book. Maybe it was Ezra. Maybe it was Nehemiah. Maybe it was one of the the great men in the synagogue. Uh, Maybe those that that helped Ezra compile most of the the Old Testament as we have it. Uh, These these books are put together together. Uh, And Ezra is given credit for doing that, for bringing it together in the way that it is compiled for us today. As far as as who wrote the book, uh, there are a lot of questions that that we have in regard to that. There are some things that we know about the author. Uh, We know that this author... Uh, was most likely a Jew. Uh, It was someone who understood Jewish customs and people. It it was someone who had been in Persia for a a great length of time and in that regard knew the the customs of the king and and had access to to public records, uh, or the the records at least of of Mordecai and the things that, that he had done. Uh, They had access to those records in some way. Uh, But all of this, we we understand, comes together because God is involved. God is involved in the lives of his people. And again, we see his providence. We see his fingerprints in the book of Esther. And so a lot of great things that that we can recognize, but this is, is probably the most important. Today we are going to look at, at more of the backstory of Esther. We are going to look more at how Esther came into being queen. And then, Lord willing, next week we will start looking at uh, how Esther became a hero of the Bible. What she did for her people, for God's people, and how she saved them. It's a great story. There are those that that look at it and say that it's all made up, that none of this could have ever taken place. But we, by faith, believe in God's power, and we believe in God's presence, in the life of Esther and those around her, in the the lives of the Jews and, and how they were affected by these events. But Esther is a, a great person, uh, a great uh, person of interest to us uh, as far as, as our lessons in learning from God's word and, and even applying them to our own service to God and, and to our own Christianity. Uh, a lot of great lessons here. We have looked at Esther in time past. This has been a while back, but but I do remember us looking at Esther. Uh, If briefly, but we're going to look again at Esther because this is some something good for us to learn from. It it is a great lesson from her life. And and maybe you don't remember those lessons. I I honestly it's been so long since I've done them. I don't don't really remember when I did them and I don't really remember exactly what I said. But uh, anyway, we're going to study Esther Again, if you remember, forgive me, uh, but, but I do hope that this is a lesson that will benefit you. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. The things that you give us, the way that you bless our lives, we are mindful of these great blessings. We are mindful of the great blessing of your word and how it can change our lives. The power of your word, the power of the scriptures, the Old Testament and new and and how they come together and the great lessons that we learn from them. We are thankful, Father, that you have given us your word, your will for our lives. And we pray that you would help us to live lives In accordance with your will. We pray, Father, for those around us, that you uh, would bless our example to the world, that you would bless our world, and especially the nation that we live in. There's so much turmoil as of late, so much unknown, so much fear, uh, so much anger and hatred. There are just so many things that are going on at once in our lives great things, uh, we, we recognize the uh, blessing of assembly, and many congregations have been able to come back together, we are thankful that we, we have been able to worship this week. We pray, Father, that you would help us in all of these times of uncertainty, whatever we may face, help us to remain faithful always to you. We pray, Father, that you would bless our lives, that you would, uh, again, bless our example, bless us as your children. We thank you for your Son, for his sacrifice, for our sins, for all that he means to us. that is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. We begin our lesson in the book of Esther. And so I would like for you to turn there and follow along if you have that ability. Uh, I would like for you to follow along with us and read these scriptures for yourself. Whenever we look at Esther, it's impossible for us to to not look at the backstory of, of how Esther became queen and how she came to be placed in the perfect place, at the perfect time to save God's people. And so we begin in Esther chapter 1, in Esther chapter 1. In Esther chapter 1, beginning with verse 1 and reading through verse 5, we read of a feast. We read of King Ahasuerus, and we read of of what he did. And these events lead into the beginnings of Esther and how she comes into this kingdom. Esther 1, verse 1. And this is from the New King James Version. Now, it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus, that was the Ahasuerus, who reigned over one hundred and twenty-seven provinces from India to Ethiopia. In those days, when King Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan, the citadel, that in the third year of his reign, he made a feast for all his officials and servants, the powers of Persia and Media the nobles and the princes of the provinces being before him, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the splendor of his excellent majesty for many days, 180 days in all, and when these days were completed, the king made a feast lasting seven days for all the people who were present in Shushan, the citadel, from great to small, in the court of the garden of the king's palace. The rest of the verses, the next few verses, they give us a a little detail as to how this feast came about, uh, the the details of the, the colors and the things of that nature that were used in this great feast. But we see that that he had a feast for some very important people. He was basically showing off as king. He was showing off his riches. He was showing off his provisions. He was showing off many things. And and as we read in verse 4, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom, uh, we see that, that that's exactly what he was doing. He was showing his wealth, showing his power, showing that he was king, uh, a very showy king, so to speak. And, and we read that uh, that's going to come into play, that the fact that, that he was showing off is going to come into play in a moment. But let us also notice the queen. The queen at the time is not Esther. Esther does not begin as the queen in the book of Esther. But Vashti is the queen. And it says in verse 9 of Esther 1 that Queen Vashti also made a feast for the women in the royal palace, which belonged to King Ahasuerus. So, The king is not the only one that is throwing a feast, but also Queen Vashti. Now, remember that Ahasuerus is showing off. And in verse 10, it says, On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded, Mechumen, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zithar, and Kirkos, seven eunuchs who served in the presence of King Ahasuerus, to bring Queen Vashti, verse 11, before the king, wearing her royal crown, in order to show her beauty to the people and the officials, for she was beautiful to behold. But Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command. Brought by his eunuchs, therefore the king was furious, and his anger burned within him. And we don't know exactly the intention uh, of the king, other than that he wanted to show off the queen. She was a beautiful woman, and he wanted to show his friends how beautiful she was. However, Queen Vashti had a little something that we might call dignity. She had self-respect for herself, not to, to go flaunting her beauty. She did not want to do this, and so she refused. Well, this is going to create a great problem because, you see, especially as we look later on in the book of Esther, we see that to refuse the king is a great crime, a crime in which punishment is deserved. And so Queen Vashti has refused the king. She has refused his request for her to come and to show her beauty. So the question comes, well, now what? What do we do with Vashti? This is going to create a great problem in the kingdom. It creates a great problem for Vashti. Let's pick up with verse 16. Uh, the king is consulting his wise men. And Mimikin answered before the king and the princes, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes and all the people who were in the provinces of King Ahasuerus? For the queen's behavior will become known to all women, so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes. When they report, King Ahasuerus commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. This very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen, thus there will be excessive contempt and wrath. Verse 19, If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him, and let it be recorded in the laws of the Persians and the Medes, so that it will not be altered that Vashti shall come no more before King Ahasuerus. And let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. When the king's decree which he will make is proclaimed throughout all his empire, for it is great, all wives will honor their husbands, both great and small. You see, we can't let Vashti become a, an example for all the women, or all the women will rebel against their husbands. We can't allow them to rebel against their husbands. Vashti can't be an example, and so they must do something about it. And the reply pleased the king and the princes, and the king did according to the word of Memucan. Then he sent letters to all the king's provinces, to each province in its own script, and to every people in their own language, that each man should be master in his own house and speak in the language of his own people. Vashti refused the king. So what else can we do? We we need to remove her as queen. We cannot allow this to become an example. And so the king agrees, and this is what takes place, which ushers in a way for Esther to become queen at this time. There's not a lot that is known about Vashti. We don't know, again, uh, exactly what her thinking was. I I, I want to say that, that maybe she was religious to some degree, Although I do not believe her to be a Jew, I do not believe her to be a servant of God necessarily, uh, at least not uh, God alone. Uh, But we, we, we don't really know her reasoning for this other than that she had dignity. And so she did refuse the king's request that she come before him. There was really no need for her to to show herself, to flaunt her beauty, there was no need for the king to ask her to do so. And as a matter of fact, I would dare say that that as for the king, it was a very disrespectful thing for him to do. But whatever her reasoning, we do understand that that this was was something that, that was very problematic on the king's part In Esther chapter 2, we begin reading of her appointment. And we may not get all the way through as far as I I want to get today. Uh, We can can extend this out if we need to a little bit. But let's look at Esther chapter 2 and beginning with verse 1. Esther 2 and verse 1. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided he remembered Vashti, what she had done, and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants, who attended him, said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel, to the palace, into the women's quarters, under the custody of Haggai the king's eunuch, custodian of the women, and let beauty preparations be given them. Then let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This thing pleased the king, and he did so. So let, let's let's get someone else in here. Let's establish a new queen. And what better way to, to put Vashti in in hindsight and to put her in memory in regard to the people than to appoint another queen. And so they go about doing exactly that. We read a a little bit about Esther in the next few verses. In verse 5, in Shushan, the citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah. Did you know that Esther's name was not originally Esther? At least, that's not the only name that she is referred to by In scripture. But he brought up Hadassah. That is Esther. His uncle's daughter. For she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died. Mordecai took her as his own daughter. It seems that she would fit in very well as queen. Because Ahasuerus was looking for a beautiful woman. Maybe that was his primary concern. Uh, Maybe it was just because of of the suggestion of others. But he was looking for beauty to replace Queen Vashti. And Esther was a beautiful woman. So, uh, again, she fits into the story very well. We pick up reading in in verse 8. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard. And when many young women were gathered at Shushan the citadel under the custody of Haggai, that Esther also was taken to the king's palace, into the care of Hegai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained favor, or obtained his favor. So he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maid servants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best palace in the house of the women. Notice what is said in the next couple of verses, verses 10 and 11, that Esther had not revealed her people or family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And we see in verse 11 that that Mordecai cares so much about her. He inquires of her welfare throughout all of this. And so she is is brought into the king's presence, so to speak. She is brought into uh, the custodian of the women who finds great favor with Esther. Do you think this is coincidence also? I think not. I think there's a reason. I, I see a plan unfolding here in Esther's life as well as the lives of the other women. We're going to run out of time and so I'm going to, to stop here and we'll, Lord willing, pick up here next week, uh, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. And If you get a chance, at least read the the first couple of chapters, maybe further into the book of Esther, there, there's a great deal for us to, to go through. And we won't have time to touch on everything, but I, I do want us to to take the time to, to look at Esther's life and look at, at how God's favor was upon her and upon his people and how she delivered them uh, from harm. I encourage you to be back with me next week at 11 a.m. Uh, again, check out our website. There are many great resources. We live stream our services, and those are posted on the website. Uh, from the front, front page, I have quick links for the week where you can look at, at information regarding our, our congregation and uh, can access uh, some things pretty quickly uh, just from the front page. And again, contact us. We would love to hear from you. I would love for you to send us a message. I want to thank you for being with me today, for for spending your time each week um, with me. I I do appreciate your presence here. I I do appreciate you participating in the program. And I I hope that that it is a blessing to you. I I hope that you have a, a safe And a blessed week ahead, and until we meet again, may God continue to bless you. Thank you.